Wide Desert and the great American Southwest. I bid you once again good evening, or good morning as the case may be. In my time zone, Halloween continues, and so, of course, Ghost to Ghost continues as well. Our annual trek through the weird, the bizarre, the strange, and the true. Those stories. That's what we tell. It is completely caller-driven. We don't have guests. You are the ones who get to tell the stories. And it generally is all the scarier because of that. Last night was certainly no exception, and I suspect tonight will be a continuation of that, uh, that very fine tradition done over many, many years on this program now. I've got Mel on the line. Mel's the guy with the never-ending hole. Right now, I'm in a little town called Ellensburg. Oh, I know Ellensburg. Oh, you got you, you really think you've got 80,000? Yes. Yeah, I, I uh, get uh, line in 5,000-yard spools. I've gone through that many. As usual, I brought the dogs with me. Uh, they wouldn't go anywhere near the damn thing. And if I try to bring them there on a leash, they'll just dig their feet in. They do not want to go anywhere near the hole. The one guy claims that he threw his uh, departed canine down into the hole. Oh, really? And uh, he swears the, the dog actually came back to him. And uh, he was Really? Like, the sound bothers me to listen to. I'd suggest that if you do play it on the program, warn listeners in advance so they may have the option of turning the radio off for 30 seconds while it plays. It has always haunted me. To those who discounted the Siberia sounds from Hell's story, it is true, and I, for one, wish it wasn't. Rick, listening from Chicago. And so I submit now the cleaned, uh, a better copy to you, and uh, I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. That's it. I'll let you come to your own conclusions, as I usually do. Welcome, everybody, to NWCZRadio.com, Channel 1's Down the Rabbit Hole. I, of course, am Big D. And I'm Brandon. Brandon, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for asking. I hope everybody else out there is doing great as well. We've got, a, I think, a very interesting program for you. If you're an Art Bell fan and like a real sycophant, you probably know a lot of this, but we did some digging, and I think we've come up with some things that, I don't know, maybe you didn't know. And for those of you who are not familiar with Art Bell, 
where you been. That's all yeah, I, I mean, can say. Anybody, who, anybody who's listening to this should have been familiar with Art Bell. I mean, if you're anything into this kind of topics that we talk about, Art Bell was he was the guy. He definitely post Cooper. Art Bell was the guy, and Art Bell was the first to really, really be syndicated, and he created a massive empire of his coast-to-coast. He was, at one point, on almost every radio station, at least one radio station in every major market and most minor markets in radio, which is unheard of, and in several cities, he was on multiple stations. Yeah. I think I saw somewhere that said it was over at one point it was over 500 radio stations. Yeah, so insane. That's insane. I don't know that he holds any records. I didn't really look into that. He does hold or he used to hold a record. Yes. For being on air for 116 hours and 15 minutes straight. Yeah. So, he was no stranger to the mic. <laughs> did that did that record get broken? It's been broken a couple of times. Okay. Yes. And it was a there was a an attempt by a guy over there in Gig Harbor on KGHP. He called himself the Walrus. I, I don't know that he actually did it, but he gave it a go. And the I think the person who has the record is so, somewhere over in Europe. I mean, I feel like that's going to take a lot of cocaine. <laughs> I love being on the mic, and I've done long shifts, but. A hundred plus hours, no way. I, the only way I could see you could do it is you'd have to like every little bit you'd have to play some because I mean it was he was playing music right it wasn't yes he was a disc jockey for KSBK, which was a non military English language station in Japan. Yeah, in Okinawa, and that was one of the things is I, I figured you had to pick some song because what is it like Thrill Kill Colt has some song that's like fifteen minutes long. And you'd have to throw something like that on every once in a while. Just find one of those, like, okay, every couple hours or every hour and play this song, and I'm going to take a quick 15-minute nap. I would just play, like, Floyd's The Wall in its entirety or something. There you go. <laughs> but the money he raised from that, he was very warm-hearted and mm -hmm. did a lot of great work. The money he raised from that stunt, he chartered a flight and went to Vietnam and rescued, like, like 130 or more Vietnamese orphans yeah, that were stranded at the end of um, the war. They were, I think they were in Saigon. And he brought them back to the U.S., and, and they were adopted by family. So he had, he had a good heart. He was an interesting character, no doubt. Very interesting character. And that's one of the things that going through it, I mean, I knew of the show. I knew everything else. Um, I know you spent a lot of time on him personally. I spent like probably too much time on the show because then I got like sidetracked on how how much I like listening to him. But even just a little bit I did on his life, I never knew most of it. I knew about his show. I didn't know about him. Yeah, well, we're going to learn about him, and then you can fill us in in the gaps with stuff from his show because his show, I was an avid listener Yeah, to the Art Bell show. I worked nights. I listened to him all the time. I was fortunate to be in different jobs. It was early in my career to where I could – listen to him because back then there was no there were no podcasts you couldn't tape it it no. wasn't coming out on cds or books on tape if you missed it that was it it was gone yeah they do have a lot of them that you can go back now then find the original tapes that they've put out on i know i found a podcast where you could if you wanted to you could pretty much go back and listen to them all yes yes well primarily the ones because they had 
primarily because in radio during that time, and I was in radio, it was required by the FCC that everything be recorded. You had a a reel to reel in the state in the studio that was recording twenty four seven, and when the reel was done, you popped the new one in. That way, if any controversy arose, if anything came up, or there was any question, or there were any complaints, there was a record, and they could go yeah. back and listen to whatever happened. And subsequently, a lot of stations would tape over them after a certain amount of time. You had to keep them for a certain amount of time, and I can't remember if it was five years or it was, it was a while, but stations would then start reusing them. He didn't. No, he kept them all. There are a lot of stations who, and I listened to guys who were, had talk shows way back in the 70s who they're all gone, and same thing. A lot of their stuff was preserved through those tapes. So nowadays you can just record, you know, stream everything. People are recording it in real time and you can also just back it up. So yeah. it's a whole different world. All right. Well, before we really, really get into Art Bell, I want to thank you again for tuning in. We've had a banner week as far as listeners. I'm not sure what's going on out there. But for all of those of you who have found us and are brand new, welcome to the show. Those of you who have been with us, who have shared this program, who have passed it on, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts because that's how it's getting out there. And by all indications, it's really getting out there. And so for the new listeners, if you ever want to reach out to us, it's down the RH at protonmail.com. Down the RH at protonmail.com. Also, we are creating a list. Should we be pulled off the air for any reason, we'll continue to do the show and we will email the shows to you. Got to thank our friends at FringeRadioNetwork.com and remind you that we're also heard on NWCZ Radio Channel 1, NWCZRadio.com Channel 1 every Sunday night and Monday night. So now that we got that out of the way, let's get into Art Bell. All right, sounds good. So Art Bell was uh, born in North Carolina on June 17, 1945. Here's the strange thing. There's discrepancy as to where he was born. I saw that. That was weird. They couldn't tell if he was born, yeah, on Camp Lejeune or in Louisiana, or wasn't it? What was it? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. There were like two or three places. Apparently, it's not on his birth certificate. <laughs> but he was always fascinated with radio, which those of us who went into radio, we were. We were hooked from a young age. At 13, he became a licensed amateur radio, and he got his license from the FCC, which is the same thing I did. A lot of us did, because back then you had to have an FCC, you had to take a test to get an FCC license, and you had to study and pay for it and all kind of stuff. Anyway, he yeah. went into the Air Force. He was a medic during Vietnam. He operated a pirate radio station, which is awesome, at Amarillo uh, Air Force Base. He was in Amarillo, so he was in Texas. He's <laughs> He was probably competing with the X, and if a lot of you don't know what the X was. It's not just a ZZ Top song. There was a guy who used to roam the Mexican-Texas border in a Winnebago with a bunch of equipment, and they could nobody could figure out where he was, and he was broadcast X. Sounds like, didn't they make a movie that was basic, slightly based on that? That, what was it, Pump, up, pump It Up or something? Probably. With uh, Christian Slater. It was a really good movie, but it was basically about someone that was a 
a, a pirate radio which nowadays we're like what someone that just got on the radio and did some weird things on the internet no 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 back then it was like you know you actually like you said you had a license to broadcast you know and that was the whole idea was you could have these pirate radio stations right you were assigned frequency you had to have a license the fcc had to approve it you had to have a business plan everything and it wasn't cheap it was it was not cheap i don't know what the name of art bell's pirate radio station was I wish I could have heard it, but he was really into music. A lot of people don't know this, but even his facility, KNYH in Pahrump, where Pahrump, Nevada, where he did his Coast to Coast from, was a music station that he operated. He owned it and operated it. It was a low-frequency station, which means it has a radio radius mile of 25 to 50. It's pretty low wattage. So only people in the general vicinity could hear it. But he was really into music and he did he would show up in his at his station and do you know old school DJing, which I think is awesome. Yeah, which it is. I mean it's one of those things I think it's a lot it's kind of a lost thing. You see hear it, you know, terrestrial radio is awful. It's awful. And from the stuff that you know we're doing is making more of it more and go away. But it's there was a time when terrestrial radio, that's how we got everything. Oh, yeah. That's why I went into radio, and that's subsequently why I quit because of yeah. how it, what it is now. Back to Art Bell. So Art Bell, when he came back to the U.S., he studied engineering at the University of Maryland. And then he dropped out, went back to radio. And as we all do early on, he became a board operator and then a chief engineer. <laughs> that, that is how it works. Anybody yeah. who's been in radio... You, you start by running records, then you might work in the ad department running stuff. Then you, if you're lucky, you get to become a board operator. It's a long, hard grind, and it's, it's not fun. So after some years of doing that, he finally found himself in front of the microphone, and he was also working for cable television over in Las Vegas. And they offered him a five-hour time slot in the middle of the night. And instead of doing music, he sat down with a, a buddy of his. They, what, what's going to work? What's going to keep me here? And they came up with this idea of the coast to coast thing. But at first, it was called West Coast AM. And that started in 1978. And it was basically a political call in show. Yep. Then in 1988, he renamed it to Coast to Coast. And they moved from Las Vegas to his home in Pahrumpf, which is where he built KNYE. And that's where everything started. And then he, he began his syndication of it. And you're right. According to this article, Coast to Coast was syndicated on more than 500 radio stations and claimed 15 million listeners nightly. Yeah, nightly. Because he was on, that was one thing with Coast to Coast. I don't think it ever went to a day show. It was always. Always night. It, and was, it was always overnight. Seven days a week. Mm-hmm. He would do reruns here and there, and he would change it up and call it uh, Ghost to Ghost, and then he had... Um, yeah, Ghost to Ghost was the Halloween one. There's some pretty good Halloween ones if you go look them up. Oh, yeah, those are great. And then later on, he he had some other names for his weekend shows, and I can't remember what, they're, what they were called at this moment. I'm sure I'll run across it. But he uh, single-handedly brought two... <laughs> 15 million listeners nightly. Of course, he didn't start with that, but that at the at the peak, that's where he was. 
voices that we had never heard, theories we had never heard, books yeah. we had never read, ideas, UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings, Chupacabra. That's the first time I had ever heard of the Chupacabra. He had people call in and give ghost stories. We learned a lot about Area 51. We learned a lot about remote viewing. We learned uh, all these new things that maybe we had seen reference to or there were rumors of. But I think he had a three-hour show, three- or four-hour show at the Apex. And so they would go into deep detail on this stuff, and he would keep his guests on and let them just ramble. Yeah. But... Even more than that, he was a very good interviewer. A lot of people don't realize this as well. And if you listen to his show over the years, here's a list of people who he interviewed or called in and he had discussions with. Crystal Gale, Willie Nelson, Merle Haggard, Eric Burden, Gordon Lightfoot, George Carlin, Dean Coots, Regis Philbin, Leonard Nimoy, Dan Aykroyd, Jane Seymour, Robert Stack, Casey Kasem, Joe Rogan, and the list goes on. So these aren't slacks. I do remember Willie Nelson one night, he called in on the, because he always had a, an alien hotline yeah. that, that he set aside. So if you were an alien or whatever, and he would give the number out, which I always thought was funny, because like the aliens would understand that or it would translate. But anyway, one night the alien line rang and he picked it up and it it was Willie Nelson. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> but Art Bell wasn't without criticism or problems. In fact, in his personal life, there he had a lot of problems. Kind of like oh, yeah. kind of like Bill Cooper. Well, I think a lot of the ones like this that get into that this kind of stuff. I mean, with us, we're, we're into it. We're talking about everything else, but it hasn't become our lives. And I think both of these two, once it becomes your lives, you start getting questionable people looking for you. No doubt about it. But even in his personal life, he had, like Bill Cooper, he had several wives. He had several yeah. kids that uh, from these wives, and he walked away from them. In fact, there was one... He had a son who was literally living across town from him, and he had nothing to do with that kid, and that kid was uh, subsequently sexually molested. I've seen as much as rape. I don't know the exact facts on it because a lot of stuff is not hasn't been made public. And they had to drag Art Bell basically into going to court and kind of dealing with it. That was in 2001. So it was his son, and then his son had you know, been assaulted by the substitute teacher, but his son wasn't living with him. Yeah. He also retired about five times, which I think is really strange for somebody who had such a successful show. He retired after five years. He just mysteriously announced that he was ending his broadcasting career. That was in 19, I think, 98. So he began broadcasting nationally in 93. In 1998, he decided to call it quits. Two weeks later, he just returned. Retired again in 2000, returned in 2001. And then at the end of 2002, he retired again. September 2003, he unretired. And then when his wife died on January 5th of 2006, 
he basically said, I've had enough. It was 2007. But then he came back in 2015. It was like a kiss tour. Yeah, the, the, the never ending. How many, how <laughs> many last tours has Kiss had now? How many reunion and final farewell tours has Kiss had? As many as Art Bell's retired and come back. Yeah. It's our farewell tour. We'll see you in the next one in five years. So when he came back in 2015, he, didn't, he, he never retired again because he passed away on Friday the 13th of April 2018. And it was a real mystery for a long time how he died. Because Art Bell had been shot at. He had talked a lot about having to chase people off his property, just like Bill Cooper. He would get threats all the time on the phone. I know he was particularly spooked after a, a particular series he had with Father Malachi Martin. And he talked about getting phone calls from what he thought was either the Vatican or somebody higher up in the, the Catholic Church telling him to shut it down, and basically he assumed they were threatening him. So there was a lot of speculation because he died on Friday the 13th yeah, in 2018 that something was afoot. But the reality is, is that he died from prescription drug overdose. So they say. Yeah, there's a couple things I've seen that said that, but then, of course, you know, it's one of those. It comes back to the same thing like with, you know, Bill Cooper. Who's the one telling us this? Well, it was a sheriff's department official announcement that came out on that. So, you know, take well, it for still, what that's right. Take that's, it for whatever know, the it is. They're the ones telling us and who would be the ones that have something to hide. I don't know. The people that he was talking about. Yeah. I'm not saying I believe that. I'm just saying that's where the conspiracy starts to come from, because it's like when the information of who that would be the ones to do it is the one giving you the information. It's like, well, you know. Oh, absolutely. No, the 100 percent. I'm not saying it's factual. I'm just giving what's out there. Yeah. If it's the official word from the sheriff, I would take it with a grain of salt personally. Yeah. One of the things I found interesting about Art Bell is that he claims to have seen a UFO with uh, one of his wives, his Ramona, that he met. I think this was his first wife. She was like 15 years younger than him. He claims that one night that the two of them had a UFO sighting when they were returning from his job at KBWN in Las Vegas. They said an object hovered over their car, shaped like a giant triangle. It was 150 feet long, had two bright lights at each of its three points. He said that the UFO was silent and barely moved, only floating above them. Now, I heard an interview with Art Bell. It was about a two-hour interview. If I have it up here, I will put it in the show notes because it's pretty interesting. Not very many people have listened to this interview. It was on a podcast. And he goes into a lot of detail on his personal life, his politics, his radio show, and all. And he talked about this UFO sighting. And what he said was most unnerving about it was there was no sound. And they stopped their car. It was pitch black. They looked up in the sky. At first, they thought they were just bright stars or you know, like satellites moving in unison. But from the three points, the, or the, the bright lights at each of the three points, you couldn't. You could see stars everywhere except in between those three points, hmm. and it was moving. So you know you could see the stars, and as it went past, the stars would cover up. He claims to have seen a UFO. I've never seen one. Now there was controversy about that wife because she passed away unexpectedly at the age of forty-seven. She had severe asthma. She had a 
really bad asthma attack and it it killed her yes and a lot of people wonder what the heck was that about because he remarried just three months after she died which is really unusual it is but it's one of those things for me it was more honestly it was less a question about Ramona and more of a question about this the next one I think this the next wife was more of a you know trying to get her a green card there's that and there's also speculation that she's the one that whatever she was allergic to she made sure that she got around it Hmm. don't know that for a fact i'm just reporting and that's one of the things that i've seen too but a lot of times too asthma you know because i've suffered from asthma most of my life it's it's not always triggered by a food or an allergy so it's kind of one of those things that's weird i kind of have to know which one it is but the other thing is that there's evidence that her brother actually died from the exact same thing in his 30s well and ramona even though she had asthma she still smoked cigarettes yeah so i mean which i can't say much about i smoked 20 some years so no but if you have asthma that's going to cause that's going to cause some problems yeah it is let's go into some of the things around art bell he wrote a couple of books. One of them was The Quickening, which we did an entire show on. And then he also wrote one called The Coming Global Superstorm. And he wrote it with Whitley Strieber, who was a, a frequent guest on his program. He got into some controversy because he was the first one to really push this idea, or at least put the idea out there that there was a spaceship or something trailing the hale Bop comet. And the the Heaven's Gate community, the ones who committed suicide, who were trying to launch their souls and get you know onto that ship and fly off into wherever, a lot of people made some connections and were trying to pin it on him. Yeah. Now, he took it serious. I heard him several times walk it back, talk about how this is all entertainment. It was, he wasn't pushing the theory. He was just putting it out there as something. And I will say that there were times when Art Bell would get caught up in a particular topic or person and really zero in on it and and have it on for like a week straight. Yes. He did that a lot. And that was one of them. He did, but it's kind of one of those things. I mean, not to sound bad as I mean, somebody who researches all of this stuff like me and you do. Um, there's been multiple times I've gotten stuck. Like, I mean, the one and I'm sure all, every listener will throw it out there. The New Lizard Order, where I get stuck on something that this is my fascination, not saying I believe it or anything else, but the implications are um, amazing to look at and think about. And that's kind of, you know, where I think with him a lot of times, it was like he would get stuck on something that was his, I want all the information on this. And it came out on the episodes and some people took, I mean, even like the hail bop, you know, they, they took it more than what it really was. Right. You know, where he was just like, give me the information on it. Let me see it. Because there's something and I can't find exactly where, but there's a lot of people say that he be, even before they, they committed suicide, he had debunked it. But I can't find where he debunked it. No, I can't either. I saw it. I watched it one time, but I can't yeah. find it again. There's so much 
material out there on Art Bell as far as his radio program. We can't cover it all. But no. there were two primary incidences that really brought some notoriety and fame or whatever to Art Bell where he hit the mainstream news or he was a topic of conversation for something. And so I want to go into one of those, and that is the infamous Area 51 call. And if you don't know what we're talking about, I'm going to play it for you right now. It's about three minutes and 43 seconds long. It's well worth listening to. This caused a meltdown of phone lines, people's brains, this incident right here was probably pretty close to our War of the Worlds. Yeah. So take a listen to this, and then we'll talk about it on the other side. If you are currently employed at Area 51, the area the U.S. government says officially does not exist, or if you have been employed at Area 51 in the past and now feel ready to sing, perhaps you can call up and disguise your voice or something I don't know anyway something like that and uh, if you want to call up and sing it's gonna be your night to sing it'd be fun to see if we get any call on my area 51 line you're on the air hello hello Art yes hi um, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of uh, time um, well look let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not uh, Area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh man, I don't know where to start. They're they're uh, they're, they're gonna. Um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone. So give us t something quick. Okay. Um, um, okay. What what we're thinking of as as aliens are they're uh, they're they're extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with. Uh, they they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming. They the, the military. I'm sorry. The, the government knows about them, and there's a lot of safe areas in this world that. They could begin moving the population to now art. But they're not doing they're not doing anything. They are not they want the major population centers wiped out so that the the few that are left will be more easily controllable. Discharge. <laughs> Well, this was certainly interesting. We are now on a backup system, everybody. 
uh, backup system. And uh, you, that one caller that I had on the air, <laughs> I guess we were about in the middle of his transmission, his telephone call, which was a, one of the strangest ones I've ever had. And the entire transmitting system by satellite went down here, and we were notified we were off the air. And it would appear to be from this end and some sort of uh, massive transmit failure. So we are now using a backup system to be on the air. And not that I would normally believe this kind of thing, mind you, but I can't help but wonder if somebody, somebody zapped us in some way. Uh, we'll find out. So that was the call. Yeah. And I was listening the night that happened. And it was dramatic. You have to remember, we did not have any of the resources we have now. Art Bell was the connection yeah. to any of these kind of conspiracy theories or theories or UFOs or anything. When it goes out, it just it went to another like a whole nother feed. Yes. Now they got it back. So all of a sudden it was just there was Art Bell, there was this the, the call, and then bloop. Well, and it's a whole nother feed, and then they come back. If you've been in radio at all, you know that, like in any store or hospital, there's a backup generator, there's a backup system, there's, a, there's all kind of backups. But the transfer over to them takes, takes a moment, and you, you heard that in there. The, the, I played that with the pauses in there for a reason, because that is exactly how we heard it. Yeah. And we were all glued for the next several days, because it became the topic of conversation. What was this guy trying to say? What happened? Was it the government? Was it the aliens? What was going on? Any news? And it was a boom for him. It, be, it was in the newspapers. It was all over the place. Well, yeah. a week later, about a week later, he got this call. And let's, uh, let's listen, and then we'll discuss what happened here. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Uh, this is Brian. Hi, Brian. Hello. You didn't disconnect me before, did you? Were you on earlier tonight? Uh, no, not, um, towards the end of the last hour, you said, uh, uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air, and your voice was immediately replaced by the operator saying, your party has not connected. Oh, uh, well, see, as you can now tell, I don't screen calls. So right. what happened, obviously, was that I answered the phone just at the very instant that you had been ringing as long as they were going to let you ring. Yeah. And so that occurs, obviously, sometimes I go to a line and... It's uh, dead. Nobody's there, and that's what's happened. You know, we just were right. on the cusp there. Anyway, I'm glad uh, you made it back through. Yeah, you got all my paranoia buttons uh, running. I always get very nervous when when I call you. Uh, I'm Brian. I hung up on you last week. Oh, I see. And uh, I just figured, damn the torpedoes. Uh, I'll just do this and let the chips fall where they will. All right. Um, everybody, I am the Area 51 caller. Um. That's that's my statement, and let you or whatever tear it apart. <laughs> you you claim you're the Area 51. I I am the man. How do you account for the fact, Area 51 caller? Okay. That part of the way through your spiel, the satellite went down. I have no idea, and it scared the heebie-jeebies out of me that night. <laughs> so that was the follow-up call, obviously, and people have been questioning Art Bell. 
Well, they questioned him for years. He's obviously gone now, but everybody yeah. wanted to know what actually happened. We will never know. No. We'll never no. know. Now, I have seen multiple videos where they took that call versus the original call and did voice-to-voice -voice analysis, broke it all down, and it's a match. That doesn't explain why the radio station went down. No. That doesn't guarantee that that's him. However, what he said in the original phone call, there was no way to back it up. Nobody had heard about it before, and subsequently nothing has happened as a result of that. So you'll just have to interpret that as you would. It, I, that, that happened in 2017, by the way. Yes. It did freak a lot of people out. So was it a publicity stunt? Was it something that just, it was coincidental and it all, all the pieces of the puzzle worked? Or was it real? I don't know that we'll ever know. I don't know. And I, I mean, honestly, do we really want to? <laughs> I, I mean, do. I kind of do. Absolutely, I, I do. I do. But the hard part for me on a lot of it was, is I feel a lot of his stuff um, is... I think he believed it or at least made it seem like he, he never argued it anyway. He never argued with anyone. That was the thing, you know, that, that I think I loved about it. The next probably most notable moment, there's been several, like I said, but some of the, some of the highlights, the things that you will see most likely if you're just rummaging around for Art Bell stuff is this idea that there was um, there's a massive crater in Siberia. The story goes that there were people working on it. They discovered it. They, for whatever reason, put a heat-sensitive mic on this really long cord. This is supposedly in the late 80s. It was, a, it was a drilling expedition, actually. They were drilling down. They drilled nine miles deep into the earth, according to the story. And when they broke through to the cavity, they were surprised that they had broken through. They assumed they would just keep drilling down into rock and whatever. So they dropped this variety of heat-sensitive monitors, including a microphone, and when they pulled it back up, they found that the temperatures inside the open well supposedly reached 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, and at the beginning of this show, you heard the clip of all the people screaming. Yeah, And so this was supposedly the, this portal to hell. Now, it didn't stop there. Art Bell reported on it, started making some rounds. It, ended, it was picked up by the Trinity Broadcasting Network, which is a religious broadcasting network. When they reported on it, they said the title of the piece was Scientists Discover Hell. It went into American tabloids. It went all over the place, all yeah. over the place. And it was nicknamed The Well to Hell. And he didn't debunk it. He, he just put it out there. He played it several times. He would refer to it a lot. But he never really, like you said, he never weighed in on it. He did that a lot. Art Bell claimed that he got it from, uh, it was emailed to the show by some individual who claimed that his recently deceased uncle had been given this tape by a friend who worked at the BBC who was doing a story on this Siberian well. 
And that's the hard part with a lot of this. A lot of this stuff normally isn't like, hey, I recorded this myself. No, I got it from somebody who got it from somebody who, yeah. Well, the problem is, is that it was an absolute 100% hoax. Oh, yeah. And to my chagrin for Art Bell, even when it got debunked, he never came on and said, well, 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 we, we finally found out what this is. He never did that. He never did that with anything, really, because there's a couple other ones that I saw where, you know, I kind of saw a, a debunking of in a way. But he just he kind of. I think to him, it was it was entertainment and everything else. So and he didn't feel that coming out with the debunked part would be entertainment. But I think that would have been actually for a lot of people. To, I think it would have lended credibility to yes. more credibility to him. But I don't think he wanted it. I don't think he cared no. about the credibility. He cared about the entertainment. Yes, he did. It was all about the entertainment for him. He's not like. I love Art Bell. I love his show. I love Coast to Coast. But I feel that Art Bell, unlike we are, we are actually, we want to know the truth. We want to know the conspiracies. I think Art Bell was in it because he was a radio guy who wanted the entertainment. And he knew this is what people wanted. Oh, absolutely. Because the sound of that, the clip that we played coming into the program, the, the sounds of hell, Gives me the heebie-jeebies every time. <laughs> right. Well, it was actually from a horror movie called Barren Blood. And there's a great video where a guy basically took a, a clip from that movie. They layered it and they looped it. And he shows how they did it. And it's an exact match. And there's absolutely no doubt. None at all. Yeah. And now, see, for me, one of those, like I said, when we were talking, I think before we aired, um, I have issues with, with crowded places anyway. And that's what I hear when I'm in a crowded place is it's to me, it was hearing every single person talking at the same time and not being able to pick out any of it. So that's what it was to me, like walking into a crowded restaurant or a, a, a mall or somewhere where it's just crowded with people and there's people everywhere, a concert and just everyone there, everyone talking and I can hear it all, but I can't decipher any of it. And that's, that drives me nuts. And that's what I hear in that. A lot of people hear that and they either are scared because they there's a possibility that it's real or like you, it you know, triggers some anxiety or whatever. It's not a pleasant sound. No. And the, the crazy thing is, is that the whoever did that, did that on old, old equipment. Like they spliced tape. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. And then, you know, they're like, wow, listen to the sound. And probably somebody said, wow, that sounds like hell. <laughs> and, uh, and then off they went to the races. I'm going to include in the show notes, there's a, a really good article that I found. And we don't have time to go through all of it. It was from March 4th, 1997, called Art Bell Strange Universe. It's from the Las Vegas Sun. Fantastic. And one of the things that Art Bell did that very, very, very few on-air personalities would dare to do was to not have a call screener. Yeah. You have to be really talented and know, your, know what you're doing to just open up phone lines to, for anybody to call in. Because we all know, late at night, all across the United States, every Looney Tune in the world is up. All the insomniacs, all the tinfoil hatters, all the people who hear a bump in the night, they're all calling Art Bell. 
he was a genius at that. Oh, beautiful. And I mean, that was the whole idea because what he had, there was multiple phone numbers. And you called specific phone numbers for specific things. Not only that, he did not have a 1-800 number. So it was on your dime. And he was, you know, so he had a phone number west of the Rockies, east of the Rockies. He had the the UFO line. He had the Area 51 line. He, yeah, he would open up all kind of crazy lines. Which is one of those things that a lot of people don't really, like, notice or, or really think about. When you listen to him talk, he's always saying, you know, west west of the Rockies or east of the Rockies and everything like that. And basically what a lot of people I don't think realize, that's what phone line they called. Yes. It's because he didn't have a screener, like you said. Like, most times there's a screener. They take the calls. They listen say, okay, yeah, this person isn't completely batshit. Let's put them on. And then they put something across to the head, the host somehow that says, hey, this is this is Bob from New Jersey, you know, and that's how they know when they answer that this is Bob from New Jersey, you know, where he didn't have that. The phone just rang and he picked it up. Totally. And that is genius. And that is very hard to do as somebody who's been in radio for a long time or was in radio for a long time. Very few people would dare. Well, very few stations would dare let you do you think. Do you think somebody like Howard Stern's just going to open up his phone lines? No. There's no way. Do you think CNN radio or Fox radio or you name it, they're just going to open up their lines? Not a chance. It's very controlled. Art Bell was not. So in this article that I'm going to put in the show notes, I did find this part to be quite interesting. So this reporter, after talking, she's sitting, I think they're sitting in his living room and they're, they're talking about a lot of different stuff. It says, the question is duly begged, how much of this stuff does Bell buy? And according to Art Bell, I buy certain amounts of what they're saying. I help them tell their story and let the audience judge. I get a guest on the air and they're weird or strange and I help them tell their story. I don't laugh at them. I listen. There's a lot of things in this life we can't understand. If someone's a flake, I help them dig their own hole. I let the audience be the judge, and believe me, they are. According to Art Bell, some of it is totally BS and fun. Some of it is true and intriguing, end quote. And that's the part, though. He never let you knew. That's right. You know what parts he thought were complete and total BS and which ones were you know, intriguing. To him, it was all he made you feel like it was all intriguing and that it was all, you know, real, real or whatever. And he never came back. I mean, usually there was very few where he came out and said, yeah, that was crap. And another article I'm going to put in and we don't have time to go through all of it. It's titled Art Bell, an essay by William Cooper. Bill Cooper, who we talked about last week. Yeah, he goes off on Art Bell. He says, I have long recognized that Art Bell is a shill for the New World Order. It's confirmed in his book, The Quickening. In fact, this is the entire theme of the book. He goes on and on, talks about how Art Bell is a setup. He's not to be believed. He has connections to Freemasonry. He ha- he's a flake, a fraud, on and on and on. 
he is a change agent for the New World Order, according to Bill Cooper. He calls him Art Bullshit Bell. Wow. So he went after him hard. Very, very hard. I never heard Art Bell talk about Bill Cooper. I'm, he may have, because I didn't listen to every every single second. Yeah. Here's the end of this article. This is written supposedly by William Cooper, Bill Cooper. It's on his website. He said, Art Bullshit Bell is a Judas goat. Follow him, and he will lead you to the pens to be sheared and then to the slaughter. That is always the fate of sheeple. Hmm. So I will put this in there. So if you listened to our show last week and we talked about Bill Cooper, this is Bill Cooper's take on Art Bell, and he was not a fan. I'll just say that. doesn't sound like he was at all. (laughs) I mean, he had some great – I mean, I went through it. I mean, kind of – I kept getting, you know, sidetracked on my rabbit hole and just going down and listening to the episodes. But Art Bell had some very interesting episodes um, and things that he would talk about. And I mean, one of my favorites was there was some guy that supposedly built his own like plane out of a kit and flew it over Area 51. I do remember that. I just can't imagine that to be actually true. The, the hard part that I kept thinking on that is would the cell phone really have reception? Well, not I mean, only I that, I've, it, been, I've, been to, be. I've been to Area 51 twice. It is absolute on lockdown. And if you misstep once, they are on you. They will arrest you. Well, yeah, because if you listen to the episode, you can hear even our bells like, um, that's probably a bad idea. They're going to shoot you down. Exactly. He's like, no, no, you know, it's my right. I get to see this. And you hear the guy flying. And then you do get to hear a part where, you know, he says something about, oh, that looks like that, you know, fighter jets coming over here to talk to me. And then you actually hear like fighting or shooting from the, you know, supposedly from cannons. And then all of a sudden the call goes dead. That's some guy who's got sound effects machine hooked yes. up. <laughs> Probably it was, but that was what, I mean, you know, even he was like, once the, the call went dead, he's like, well, I'm not sure what we exactly heard there, but, you know, and it's just kind of, he had that way of like, nothing seemed to really phase him. No, it absolutely did not. To you, what were some of the more, because we've gone through a lot of what we think, were probably not true, and some that were definitely debunked. And he was a very, very talented person, and he was on the air, on and off the air for quite a while. What were some of the more credible moments in Art Bell's career? I mean, there's a bunch. I mean, like, uh, it's hard to really pinpoint a whole lot of them because he had so many. I mean, the the books he wrote, um, a lot of theories out there that he, you know, wrote the books on the quickening, like we talked about, and we had a whole episode on that. Um, it was just hard to tell because I mean, a lot of it was just really his way of presenting the way that he made you, you could call and you could have been a complete and total quack and a whack job. And he was going to make you feel like you were being hurt. 100%. I will never, ever forget. It was one of those shows. I don't know why it stuck with me, but it was a guy he had on. He invited him on. He wasn't a caller. And he talked about these floating logs that you see out of the corner of your eye. And he was convinced that in these logs that you can occasionally glimpse out of the sides of your eyes was an entire universe with people living on it. And they had their own. It was a planet. It it was really detailed and kind of crazy. It was very crazy. Art Bell never said, dude, you're nuts. 
he kept him on the entire time and asked him questions and let him continue on and, you know, just acted like they were talking about, I don't know, Senate Bill 2021 or something. And that's what I, and, and for me, that's one of those ones like, you know, the credible and everything else. It's hard for me to come up with that because it's for me, whenever I think of Art Bell, I just think of that. The fact that he made everybody feel like they were being listened to, that they were there. And I mean, I think that's one of my, what made him so popular and everything else. But at the same side of that, I think that's where a lot of things you get the whole, you know, hail bop, you know, controversy because someone came on with that idea, that thought, you know, or put that on the radio show and he didn't, you know, say, well, this is just stupid, you know, and then all of a sudden people are like, well, I heard it on Art Bell, right. you know, and that's where I, I think you get those issues. I mean, it's kind of a, you know, it's a catch 22, but I think that was my, what made him stand out to me. I mean, you know, he's in the Nevada radio broadcaster hall of fame, didn't show up to the ceremony, but he got put in, um, <laughs> which was typical Art Bell. That's so. typical Art Bell. He was a hermit. He really was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he had a voice for radio. He did. <laughs> he just And he does. When you're listening to him, it just makes you, I mean, so many people that I listen to other shows where they're talking about Art Bell and stuff like that, and then would just listen to episodes of, you know, Coast to Coast and the, what was the other one? The the one from 2015 that they, he had a different name, Midnight in Texas or Midnight in whatever or something. Oh, what was it? He had a name for the, the other one. But when he came back in 2015, it was a different name. But he was just amazing. I mean, he, he made you feel like you were being listened to. He made you feel good about yourself, even though, you know, you might be out your damn mind. So, yeah, that's my biggest thing with him is it wasn't as much anything that made, you know, everybody else like, Hey, there was this story that stood out to me and he was just amazing because he broke this. And I'm like, I don't have any really of those that stood out. It was more just all of it. Midnight in the desert. That's what it was. He would change his show name about as often as he would retire and come back. Yeah. Well, we're getting close to the end here. And I would like to spend a lot more time on Art Bell. But I hope everybody who's listening has at least heard some of Art Bell. And if, for those of you younger listeners, go look it up. Go listen to some Art Bell. It's like required listening. Yes, it is. I mean, he passed and, and away it, again it. in 2018. It doesn't seem that long ago. And this is my opinion. George Norrie, who hosts Coast to Coast right now, is not one one hundredth of what Art Bell was. No, he's not. I can't he, even stand he, to listen to it. No, I listened to a couple of George Norrie. It's just not the same. It's you could tell it's someone trying to do what somebody else did. It's just it's a bad copy is what it is. It's just a bad copy. It's a really bad copy. Yes. Yeah, it's a really bad, really, really bad copy. Uh, he did write some books and one of them that I really want to get a hold of. I found the PDF, so I've been kind of going through it. It's hard to find a physical copy. It's called The Art of Talk. And I can't find it. So if anybody out there knows where I can find one or has a link to somewhere that it's being sold, if you could send it to me at downtherh at protonmail.com, I'd appreciate it. It's his autobiography, and he talks a lot about his style of interviewing and his journey in radio, which I find fascinating. Yeah. He did write several books, but primarily he's known for The Quickening and The Coming Global Superstorm. Yeah. And he's, you know, like I said, he's amazing. Just let's do a couple of the episodes and you'll see 
just his style and how much he stands out from the others. And he's another one of those, like we said with Bill Cooper, we'd love to sit here. We could probably talk about him for another two hours, but you know, go, go research it, go look at him. I mean, this is, you know, kind of what we try and do most time. Hey, we're going to give you a little bit, a taste of the rabbit hole that you need to go look down. So what are your final thoughts on art bell? What, what's your opinion? What, what's your experience with art? With art, I don't, he's a good jumping point. He's really good to be able to listen to something, get a idea of a, a conspiracy, a thought that's out there, and then to, move, to, to research from there. I don't think, you know, like we said, he didn't do a lot of this research. He didn't do a lot. People just called in and he talked to him, and then he'd bring in guests. So, I mean, I'm sure he understood and knew some of the stuff, but it was more just people calling in and, and seeing where it goes. He was just an amazing entertainer. And going back and looking at the archives and listening to stuff that he did is going to give you idea after idea of jumping points to go down more rabbit holes. Yeah, I believe a lot of people misrepresent Art Bell in the fact that he was not very knowledgeable on most of the subjects in which he talked. No. And a lot of people are going to be upset by that comment. But if you go back and listen and you even... Go read interviews or listen to interviews with Art Bell. He will tell you that. Mm -hmm. He was a platform for people to come on and talk about what they had researched and what they were up to or what they had found or to espouse a theory or whatever. For a lot of people who were listening to Art Bell, he was a gateway to go deeper down the hole on whatever subjects he was, he was covering. Problem is, back then, we didn't have the internet. And if your local library didn't cover it, it was really hard to locate a lot of these books. Yeah. And so I think he got mislabeled by a lot of people as being the you know, know-it-all of all conspiracies. He did know them. He didn't know a lot about them. No. I have my own problems with Art Bell. I've read The Quickening... And there's a couple of things in the quickening that give me pause for concern. One of them is he talks about a new world order and just sort of let it being whatever it must be, let it be kind of thing. And we just have to adapt and move on. I have a real problem with that. Also, if you read into his book, The Coming Global Superstorm, he was mimicking and parroting a lot of stuff that the... Climate change people are talking about. In fact, one of, one of his, he and Whitley Strieber's main theory in that is that the two layers above the earth were going to flip, switch. One was going to get overloaded, it was going to weigh too much, and it was going to be pulled down while the other one went up, and it was, it was going to cause massive catastrophic problems and the superstorm yeah, and all kind of stuff. I saw that same thing, that, which was really a really interesting, very weird theory. I loved listening to Art Bell. There's no doubt about it. I spent many nights listening to fascinated, enraptured, captured into the moment, scared. But as I look back now, I realize that he just basically was a platform. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. No. I'm not saying that in a bad way. So don't come at me and say, well, you hated Art Bell. No, I loved Art Bell. But 
Art Bell is not where I would go for my research. I think Art Bell loved to entertain. He found a niche and he wrote it as far as he could. And sometimes he got in too deep and it scared him, which is why he kept retiring and coming back. I do miss Art Bell. I miss Coast to Coast. I remember all, I, I miss all the crazy callers, all of his crazy guests. And to me, the, the most interesting thing is of all the guests that he had on for all those years, which was really their only voice, 99% of them have all disappeared. All the theories, all the people, all the names, they may have their little tiny, you know, still fans that follow them. They maybe have a blog or uh, maybe even a podcast or something. But they are, whatever they were espousing and whatever Art Bell was giving his platform to them for, most of them have all fallen aside, which tells me a lot. That's true. I mean, they, they have. But it's kind of like we said. I mean, it was entertainment. And I think to him it was. It was entertainment. He wasn't. And I think that's one of the things like well, why Bill Cooper had a problem with them because Bill Cooper could see what we're seeing now is that Art Bell wasn't a conspiracy theorist. He was not a conspiracy realist. He wasn't a conspiracy guy for real. He was a platform, like you said, where people came called in and he gave people a place to talk about it. But he wasn't, I think, in himself, which is comes back to, like you said, why he retired a couple of times. He wasn't a conspiracy theorist. He wasn't in it for the long game. No, and he was just in it for the entertainment. And to that, we will be forever grateful. Oh, yeah. And like you said, it's not a bad thing. We're not saying like, oh, Art Bell was. No, Art Bell was amazing. I just think you have to see him for what it really was, where, you know, now we're looking back on it going, oh, yeah, he really wasn't the, the, the master. He was just the, the, the person pulling the strings. Yeah, he was the conduit. And. He, yes, did he, a, he, he did an amazing job, and we will, again, forever be grateful. And yes. please, do yourself a favor. If you've never heard Art Bell or if you used to listen to him, go back and listen to some programs. You know, reignite some, some old memories because he, he did it right. He was fantastic behind the mic, and we can all learn from him. So, Oh, yes. Yes, we can. All right. Well, I have the midweek podcast, so I'm looking forward to that. Next mm -hmm. week, we're going to look into uh, another personality in the conspiracy theory world or truth or world, however you want to put it. And until then, email us at downtherhprotonmail.com. I'm Big D. I'm Brandon. Have a great week. See you later.